Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. To the Wise Men Say podcast is the preview podcast as we look ahead to AFC Wimbledon's visit to the Stadium of Light on Saturday. My name is Frankie Francis. I'm joined in the studio by Roy Fallow. Good evening. Hopefully everyone's hearing this at the moment as well. Yeah, we had a few problems last week, which meant that uh, the show did not go out. But uh, I'm sure that we fixed all the bugs and the problems here. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. We, we, should, we should like recreate our great banter from last week but do you know what it was the greatest podcast ever recorded i think it was really strong as well i can't remember what we talked about but i remember i remember feeling positive about it yeah uh i mean obviously we were looking forward to the visit of portsmouth at the time naturally and we obviously predicted 2-1 victory yeah and a good performance (laughs) we thought we'd come from behind to win yeah i'm sure i said jordan willis would score ahead off the corner as well yeah there you go there you go wow wow if we can just have this accuracy this time (laughs) i mean if it doesn't come off yeah that's one of those things but yeah we are we'll be looking forward to uh we're looking ahead sorry to the visit of wimbledon Uh, but before we get there Robbie, we didn't have the reaction pod because of the away fixture down at rochdale on tuesday night but were you there i was you were there Uh, so you're the perfect person to ask about it then i watched it uh and first half was a little bit yeah, a bit here and there, wasn't it? Yeah, here and there. But um, second half, I thought there was a lot of positives to take from the second half. I mean, how was it for you down on the terraces? Yeah, um, it would have been nice if we maybe asserted ourselves a bit more, but it's still going away from home and getting a win. You know, we didn't exactly... I know we rolled Rochdale over at home last season, with mm. that 4-1 win, but away from home, they did make it quite difficult for us, which wasn't too long ago, and you can have whatever opinion you want on that, but... Obviously, got something about them. They've had a fairly good start to the season. Yeah. Um. But I thought the big thing on Tuesday was twice in the game we showed a bit of quality going forward and we scored both times. Now you can look at that from one way and say, "Well, that's really good. We've you know we've got that quality there that where we can just turn it on for a second, get a goal, and that's enough to get us the win." But then I guess if you're maybe a bit more glass half empty, you look at it saying. Why aren't we doing that more regularly? Mm. Um, quite interesting how Aidan McGeady got a goal and assist, but I think most people would agree didn't have the best of evenings. Was quite quiet. I'm all right with that though. Oh yeah, like that's why that's why you've got him in the squad, haven't yeah. you? Because he's even if he's having a crap game where he's really quiet. Yeah. Not that he did anything particularly, you know, good finish of the first goal, but not exactly an assist where he like beat two players and like swung at a brilliant cross for was, it. Was he going for it himself? Do you think? Maybe, he's, yeah. But you know, he's in he's in the right area as well, yeah. which is, shows sort of experience and stuff like that. So it shows that even when he's having a quiet game like that, he's always worth keeping on the pitch, and mm-hmm. because he can just produce something out of nothing, which I guess you'd apply to Maguire as well. But maybe that's why we weren't as 
scintillating going forward because Maguire had a quiet game. Mm. McGeady did. Gooch probably had his quietest game yeah, of the I think season. Did, yeah. Um which I, at half time I was a bit frustrated with Charlie Wyke thinking, you know, he's not really you know, he's getting this first start of the season, he's not really doing anything. But looking back now and maybe the fact that he did get a goals cloud a, a bit for us, I don't want to be too revisionist on what I was saying at the time, but maybe we just it was what was behind him that wasn't playing to him because yeah. it's interesting, I think, with the winner, if you said one of our strikers is going to flick it on, <laughs> another one of our strikers is going to show some like quite like neat footwork to get the finish, you'd yeah. have thought White with the flick on and Grig yeah. with the finish, yeah. um, or McNulty maybe, if he'd have been fit. Um, so quite interesting that there was like a little bit of combination there, but maybe just not in the way you'd expect, and maybe mm. goes to show that White, I don't know what you think, White maybe needs that sort of a bit more of a direct partnership with him to sort of flourish well, I've always thought that about why he plays uh, would play better I think as you know I don't think he's big I, I think he gets typecast quite a lot because mm. he's a tall striker and obviously in not too distant past we've had the tall strikers yeah. you know history will tell you how some of the strikers of that stature play up there but I actually think he is better in the in the box, you know, than them waiting up there by himself. So that would suggest that if you had someone to spin the spin off or vice versa, roll with someone with yeah. it. You know, McNulty's came out earlier this season after a couple of games and said, you know, if I play up front with someone, I'll play a better game. Yeah. You know, I'd like to to see those two maybe, you know, try and get something going. But then there was a good appearance by Will Grigg, wasn't there? In yeah. the, in the second half, um, down at Rochdale, he came on, looked really sharp, looked really hungry, really keen to impress. Do you think it's because? He's played away from home and the crowd's on his back. What were the crowds Possibly, like? yeah. I've seen people saying that Grigg was getting a lot of stick. I was, I didn't think he did, but I was sat really near the front, about three rows from the front, so not really like, you know, you're not like right amongst the atmosphere, so it's a bit hard, hard to yeah. get, the, get a gauge of it. I was right in the middle, sat bang on the halfway line. Um, but I didn't hear any particular stick from him. I think people from work from around me, at least, were noticing that he was looked quite aggressive, like say yeah, quite hung, hungry yeah. is a good way to describe it. And that that flick on mm-hmm. to knock it out wide for um, Wikes for the winner for Wikes yeah. goal was was excellent, great quality. Um, but again, sort of going back to White is, I know he didn't exactly get like a header for the for the goal, but if you look at his goals that he scored for Bradford, they're pretty much all from crosses, and it fits exactly with what you were saying there about. Get the ball to him in the box. It, but the, the a great example was did, was he wasn't he the one who freed the ball up for McGeady at Wembley? Uh, yes, yeah. and that was just kind of like he just gets in these kind of like scuffles almost yeah, with yeah. the ball stuck under his feet, and it always seems to. I think we were talking way. about that on the yeah. on the Great Lost podcast. Well, <laughs> last week we know that um, about how <laughs> you know the, the Portsmouth when we were looking ahead to Portsmouth last yeah. week about how I think Denver Hume just pumped the ball in him, didn't yeah. he, for that goal in the checker trade, yeah. and he controlled it quite well he doesn't always have maybe the most finessed of touches but he's good at backing into a defender and you know like getting the better of them physically and if you're doing that in the box especially in in that moment where everyone's flooding forward even if you don't make the best first touch Mm -hmm. it could bounce through to someone yeah and i don't think we do that enough for white it's it's odd how we've got white and grig I don't want to sound too negative because we're coming off the back of two wins three wins really um talking about the points but We've got these two strikers who are very different, yeah. but we don't seem to play to their strengths whenever they're on the pitch. And the yeah. most cohesive the look is when it's both Grigg and White or maybe McNulty and White, which you haven't seen that much yeah. of yet. But how do you do that without mm. playing three at the back, which we don't want to do because mm. 
Willis and Ozturk in the last few games have looked really good. Well, that's another positive I took from uh, Tuesday night. I mean, I mean, people are still waiting for this free-flowing football, which we kind of got in an early period of last season, but then it kind of disappeared around just before, well, when Magic left, yeah. really, around that Christmas time. But we haven't really had that. So do you think that's ever going to come, Rory? Like, it's interesting, isn't it? I was it's think- League One at the end of the day. Come was, on. Yeah, I was thinking about this yesterday, thinking... How were we so free? Like, if you think back to that Barnsley game at yeah. home last season, yeah. where we went 3 0 up in yeah. the sp- and I know Madger showed a bit of amazing quality for his goal in that game, but we were flowing forward so well. Yeah. And that we did lose, like, losing Madger's being covered a million times, and we lost, the, in my opinion, the best player in the league when he went. Definitely the best forward in the league. But the way we were, pl- were playing and approaching the games, why did. I don't see why all of all of that has changed. That yeah. can't be to do with Josh Madger leaving. But I made this point in the group chat after the game on Tuesday. Maybe Ross is a more naturally defensive-minded manager. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But to do that, you've got to be really good on the counter-attack. Mm-hmm. And that would fit with why I wanted to play 3-5-2. Because if you've got that with really effective wing-backs, which we obviously weren't doing, it does work to get you forward quickly, especially when you've got two forwards but maybe just is more naturally defensive and likes to protect leads and wants to get us more solid at the but back. Look at the stats from last season. We don't get beat. No, no, exactly. Five defeats yeah. for Jack Ross. Yeah, like, you could say the ones at the end of the season were just kind of like... It's yeah. kind of where they've came. And yeah. I guess you could make a point of we've those those defeats have been quite big moments. Yeah. You know, obviously the Checker Trade final, Portsmouth away, which... South End wasn't... Would... But Fleetwood was quite pivotal. Yeah. We needed to win that night and the Coventry game was shambles and which one have I missed there? I feel like a Checker Trade, Fleetwood and South End, Portsmouth away. Coventry, that's five. I feel like... Anyway, but they're, they're all... You know, the Coventry was a game where we really needed to go in and win that yeah. game and we conceded five goals. Yeah. So maybe there is a sort of mentality it's issue. bonkers that there. game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just remember that one, yeah. Hilarious. Like, hilarious now. Yeah. Maybe not at the time. Um, but it's interesting, isn't it? You can't, at the moment at least, looking at Willis and Ozturk and how... I know Rochdale had, like, a couple of decent chances in the second half. They had that header, the um, yeah, big lad who came on well. a sub, yeah. where he should have maybe done better, but pretty much straight at McLaughlin. Yeah. But we do look a bit more, especially these last more two games, we look more organised. I think that, that that partnership between Ozturk and uh, Willis it will just will just keep on getting better. You know, the more games, it's, with partnerships like that at the yeah. back, it's games under the belt, isn't it? Yeah. You know, to get an understanding with the goalkeeper, the goalkeeper has an understanding with the people in front of him. And a partnership like that, um, they, they both seem to be on the same way then, but obviously have different abilities. Ozturk mm-hmm. has this kind of mentality of get the ball, kick it forward as far as you can and normally find someone. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, you know, Flanagan would hold the ball, move forward with it, um, try to play a ball through the middle, sometimes lose possession or maybe go sideways past. I, I'm, I'm all right with Ozturk taking the route least one. Ozturk's decisive. And Willis has got great pace and, you know, has proved he can chip in with a goal or two uh, as yeah. well and looks really like athletic as yeah. well, doesn't he? You know, he offers us something totally different. Well, we've been missing for seasons. Yeah, the, the back massively. There, you know? like massively. Like, yeah. imagine that in the 
championship season. Yeah. Like, instead of, like, the main corner still being there, yeah. not, not caring. Like, that athleticism would have been massive. But I think he does have to say to Willis and Ozturk, look, barring injuries and suspensions, you've got 10 games. Build an understanding with Absolutely. each other. Because even Flanagan and Baldwin, for all their faults, they had a run of games together yep. last season, and it's when we got that run of clean sheets yeah. as well. Yeah. So he's got to afford that to Ozturk and Willis, especially if we're winning games as yeah. well. Um, maybe there might be like a check a trade fixture or the League Cup game at Burnley, for example, he might want to rotate them. But for that Burnley game, I think could be a really good test for them as yeah. well. Um, like I say, injuries and suspensions might dictate and fitness just generally needing to rest them might... Yeah. I mean, you do have to rotate here and there, but I think he needs to keep that as much as possible. And same for the players in front of that as well. Yeah. Um, I know we have got good depth and good options there, but we just need a settled... That was the problem at the end of last Absolutely. season. Absolutely. That's settled 11, don't we? Yeah, it, it became so disjointed and he needs to just get at least... Sort of out the outfield players at least eight that you know are going to be starting. So who are those eight then? You've got the keeper... That parent at the back we've just mentioned. Well, so well, sorry, I was just meant, meant the outfield players. So just yeah. like McLaughlin's obviously the number one. Yeah. The centre halves are there. McGeady starts every game if he's fit. Yeah. Um, what about Maguire? Because I think he has more of an impact off the bench. He can do. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, wasn't at the Portsmouth game. So I know we got the goal, but I'm particularly involved very much for that I don't know you'll you know better than me for that game yeah I mean, I mean he, has, he has an understanding with Aidan McGeady as well which mm. increasingly looks threatening I think in the, the more I see those two playing together in a kind of free role yeah. if, if you like I mean I think they've been sent out with the with the remit of if you lose the ball just get back and get it you know get another chance run at them or whatever try and make yeah. something happen which is great you know good to see your supporters as which well which is it's handy to give them two freedom as well when you've got Gooch in the side because Gooch yep. Gooch would be on that list as well this season this absolutely season so yeah yeah yeah. Um, I said this on the great lost podcast of last week like yeah. I'm not the biggest fan of Lyndon Gooch but you can't fault him at all so far this season bit of a quiet game against Rochdale fair enough but I think he's got a bit of like cash in the bank at the minute Um what about a fan favourite like Luke Go Nine? I mean, he's he is the best right back at the club. Um, yeah. if, if anyone who listened to Monday's pod, Phil Smith from the Echo said the staff don't look at him as a midfielder anymore. Well, I, I don't look at him as no. a midfielder. How many times has he played midfield for something? What, two and a half times or something yeah. like that? You know, maybe a couple of appearances when he's being dragged over. I think yeah. a good example of that was the Ipswich game. Ipswich game, played yeah. There. Um, yeah, I think I, I just see him as a right back now. Yeah. And let's, let's just let's we need just to add depth there. We um, don't need another centre midfielder. <laughs> no, well, well, no, we, and he's not going to get in centre midfield ahead of Ledbetter, Dobson. He's probably, he's probably behind Power as well now. As yes, well. yeah, good point. Um, I guess that's the the more issue where we're not particularly settled, despite the good options we've got in the middle of midfield. Um, obviously, Powers came in the side for these last three. So, Power against Portsmouth for me, midfield performance of the season so far. Yeah, Power keeps his place. Um, for me, again, a bit quieter on, on Tuesday. He was quiet on Tuesday, but he's come back from injury, remember? Yeah, yeah, well. absolutely, absolutely. And we did think he might have not started him for that reason yeah. and might have put Dobson in. Um, but again, Ledbetter and Power, Ledbetter obviously the set pieces as well. Yeah. Maybe it is to, right to give those two a run of games, which is actually a bit harsh on Dylan McGeer because he's not played... We picked up a knock. So yeah, he, was at, he got himself, you know, deselected because of his injury. I guess. So uh, maybe that's one of your places. The sort of, let's be honest, some of those four or five players you mentioned there, there's going to be a few injuries throughout the season. That's what I was going to say. Ledbetter's not going to be able to play every week just due to his age. Yeah. Um, and McGeeck 
we have seen is quite injury prone as well, unfortunately. Um, he's not in the Johnny Williams club, but he's no, but more like Adam Matthews. Like you kind of don't realise like how often like <laughs> yeah. they get injured, just like little. Where, knocks. where is Matthews? Like, he hasn't found a club, has he? Which is uh, ironic, considering we've been trying to play a wing back, so yeah. he would have been perfect. Yeah. Um, whether or not he was accepting a ex- wanted to accept a wage cut, I don't know. Um, yes. But it's awkward, isn't it? You don't really want to be rotating your two central midfielders too much because it's no. similar to your two centre halves. Exactly, partnerships. You want, Massively, exactly. You want a dynamic there. You want partnerships. So it is tough, and I guess the one glaring one is who do you start up front? Which for me would still be Wyke because he has started a game mm-hmm. and got a goal, but I still maintain. And again, I don't. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash-switch. Forty-five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I mean, this sounds negative. I still think we need to play it to his strengths more yeah. and get cross them in, cross crosses into the box well, more that, often. That first game wasn't there a stat against Oxford that we created something like thirty crosses or something? Yeah, like, when he wasn't on the pitch. <laughs> like, why? <laughs> why is that? Happening? Well, and again, it could have just been you know that we didn't have the greatest performance but still got the result on Tuesday which I'm absolutely fine with especially away from home like yeah. you know the amount of 1-1 draws we had last season that game would definitely have been 1-1 last season yeah absolutely like it, mentality it, it, would have take, kicked in totally you know, and credit to them that, that it didn't yeah, and I, I think the last two wins gave them that confidence as well to keep yeah. doing that um, but that like away from home still getting that result despite not having the best best of nights but the two goals did come from crosses yeah. as well. Um, so if we set up like we did uh, against Oxford at the weekend. Just without Wimbledon, the back three. <laughs> yeah, without the back three, you know, we got the crosses coming in and Wyke starts. You know, this is the game. We weren't expecting Oxford to t- certainly take the lead against us and Wimbledon are down there. You yeah. Know, um, a poor, very poor start this season. We'll get the stats up in a minute. But how would you set up against Wimbledon? Like everyone is wanting us, aren't they, to get that dominant home performance which you haven't really seen since about you know the first three months of last season Sam Allardyce's team against <laughs> Everton or Chelsea I think <laughs> <laughs> well yeah quite um, maybe that Rochdale game to be fair the last time we really yeah. like at home last season last time we really blew yeah. someone away um, and all that Barnsley like sort of 30 minute period but that still ended up being quite a close game which they could have drew Yeah, like a really dominant home performance we need to go out and think like his team have got one point all season. Kind of could have easily went down last season. Yeah. But at the same time, they made it hard for us last season. We needed yeah. a little bit of quality from McGeady to, yeah. to get us the win. But I can see us, they're coming up for a point. 
Oh yeah, and they'll they'll come up to spoil like a lot of teams, similar to like style of play at Wickham, maybe yep. like quite aggressive, which is fine. We've we've got to deal with, and yeah. hopefully with you know with the centre half pairing we've got now, who are much more physical, much yep. more commanding, with players like you know quite experienced heads, like you know be it, if it is Ledbetter and Power in the middle, yeah, and you've got Wyke up front as well. There is a lot of physicality, so you start matching them up and. We saw with Portsmouth the other week, they're a very physical side and they like to try and make it narky and we've got like a psychological edge over them now if you look yeah. at like the playoff games yeah. and last and last Saturday. So we need to take that same approach to us, like and go on with a bit of arrogance as well. Like yeah. Well like I'm, lads at Wimbledon like should be like kind of the team talk, really. Yeah, well, I was speaking to um Kieran Brady uh, during the week, I was doing this thing. Friend of the show, F- friend of the show, <laughs> Kieran Brady, uh, and he he was he's touching a couple of uh, interesting points actually, um, and he said that we need to be you know the, the the aggressors in all of these matches. You know, we need to be the people making people the other the other team need to be reacting to mm-hmm. what we are doing. We need to yeah. be reacting first. You know, we've got the quality individually on that pitch to make it happen. So he touched upon that, which I totally agree with as well. I think we haven't came out the blocks yet any game this season, no. I don't think. Um, and he also touched upon uh, formations. And this is a big talking point among Sunderland fans at the minute because of Jack Ross's formations. And he said, as a pro, as an ex-pro, he finds it laughable the amount uh, that the media and fans look into formations mm. and the way teams are set up on, on paper. He says that you know it's almost an, an in-joke Mm-hmm. In the dressing rooms for like, like players who've played fairly recently as well, or yeah, more think, of his generation. I think, I think, well, I think it. You know, I mean, this is a person who played a free role in his career, didn't he? Yeah, you know, yeah. So formations meant nothing to yeah. Kieran Brady. But he said, uh, I think, as as a kind of general rule, when he hears people speaking about um, formations and stats and stuff like that, you know, stats speak themselves. But ever, but formations in particular, in media and fans in particular, he says that it would, that would it always gets back to the dressing room, and, and players will laugh out loud mm. at the suggestion that the formation will have a big impact in the game. What do you think of those comments? It's interesting. Maybe it's because a lot of players just think about the individual sometimes. Well, that's what he, that he said. It's, it's matchups. It's individual yeah. matchups. And on paper, Sunderland's individual matchups, you know, eight and nine, yeah, yeah. Out the, every every single that's duel on that pitch, and we should win. You know, if you're looking at it kind of like boxing terms, like yeah. top trumps. Who's yeah. <laughs> if you look at football top trumps, who should win the individual battles this season? You know our lads, yeah, definitely in the league by a long way. But in terms of like you know, as a, as a whole, the formation he says, you know, as soon as you walk out there, you, and yeah, you, you line up that way. But it's all about your individual battles. You know who you've got to play yeah. against. It's in, it is interesting and kind of, and I guess it's maybe not the same as at the very sort of like elite level where it is so fine margins, yeah, that it it can hinge on, well, it can hinge on VAR at the minute, I guess, yeah. <laughs> or it can hinge on you know, whether a certain player presses the right ball at mm. the right time, which doesn't obviously, because it's not as quick at League One level as, yeah. as it is at, like I say... Champions even, League or whatever. Yeah, or even just like the bottom half of the Premier League, really. Yeah. Like, it's nowhere near as quick as that. So maybe it's not as important then. It is more about individual battles. But at the same time, you can see how much more comfortable the team looks mm. playing a sort of like 4-2-3-1 than they did to the 3-5-2. So it's mm-hmm. got to count for something. Like in terms of how exposed you are, in in terms of what your relationships are on the pitch, your partnerships are as well. Like that's got to matter. But I, I guess that kind of does filter into the individual as well and how comfortable they feel with who they're alongside as well. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's just the opposition. 
being wise enough to know what to exploit as well. When we played Ipswich, they were just like, right, the weak on the left-hand side, let's just bang the ball down the left-hand side. Yeah. And it worked. And maybe that would have worked if we just had a back four with mm. Flanagan and Hume, because they were in bad form. Yeah. Um, we've got no way of knowing that, obviously. But I don't know. I can kind of see what he's saying, but... I thought it was an interesting comment, you know, yeah. when we people get hysterical sure. about formations. But at the same time, like... And obviously, everyone's a manager on social media yeah, as well. Yeah, of course. But, like, players, people like... I'm sorry, players, managers like Pep Guardiola have these, like, massive teams of, like, statisticians and they're just total, like, football perverts. Like, they're total, like, <laughs> nerds when it comes to football. Yeah. Like, it's just everything, the absolute minutiae detail. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Like, there's a reason that... Pep Guardiola does that and he's at the very top level. So maybe it is maybe something that just doesn't apply to the level we're at now. And it, yeah. is, it should maybe just be more of a case of we have this better quality. We should be winning the individual battles. Yeah. And obviously you've got to like, it doesn't mean you don't like scout your opponents and like still look at strengths and weaknesses and yeah. stuff like that. But it does have a have a, a contributing factor. Maybe we are putting a bit a bit too much on it. Yeah. Well, let's look ahead to uh, the the Wimbledon game again but look at their form can you bring the form up Rory which yes. you were mentioning before uh, incidentally on AFC Wimbledon I listened to a really good podcast recently about AFC Wimbledon do you ever listen to the uh, the Giant series by Mundial no on, on, oh no I'm aware of Spotify yeah. exclusive I'm not getting paid by them for saying this but um, <laughs> I've got a newfound respect for AFC Wimbledon okay um, it's, it's all about the, you know how they ultimately came risen from the ashes yeah, yeah. and kind of ahead of their projected schedule have found themselves back in the mm-hmm. in the football league and you know competing against MK Dons yeah, yeah. ultimately you know being and better going back to plough lane soon as well aren't absolutely they? big deal um, so I suggest if anyone's uh, wanting to listen to a good one-off documentary that's a good podcast to listen to but how have they been getting on this season Rory not very good no so the opening day they lost 2-1 at home to Rotherham uh, followed that up with another 2-1 defeat uh, away to Fleetwood um, lost on penalties um, against MK Dons actually in the in the League Cup mm-hmm. um, they drew 1-1 at home to Accrington Stanley and then in midweek they lost 2-1 at home to Ipswich which I believe is a last minute winner or quite mm-hmm. a late winner for Ipswich Switch there, um, so yeah, 90, 94th minute they were one nil up actually, and then Ipswich equalised in the eighty first minute, won it in the ninety fourth. So a lot of two one defeats so far. So if it is one one, maybe don't panic. Yeah, we'll get that two one win. Maybe this season that one one famous scoring becomes two one. The two one, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's not a great start for them, um, which I think they were kind of expecting as well. They were yeah. kind of expecting another another struggle. I don't think. I, I, I don't know, to be honest. I'm not going to pretend I know a lot about AFC Wimbledon because it's similar to a lot of clubs in this league. I still, I'm getting used to a lot yeah. of them, a lot of even most of our own players. Yeah. Um, but they have been struggling, um, and I think it is more about just kind of maintaining themselves in League yeah. One for the moment because, as you say, they are quite ahead of schedule, and the fact yeah. that they're back in the football league is huge. And there's a lot of emphasis, I believe, on just getting back into the new stadium and sorting things yeah. off the pitch to going home. Yeah, exactly, and just becoming. Again, getting the club to that sort of like, I know they are professional now, but do you know what I mean? Standard, yeah. like in all in all aspects of the club. Um, but like we were saying before, they made it tough tough for us um, last season in both games as well. Very physical side, very strong. So it won't be a walkover, um, but we do have to go out there still with the arrogance of, you know, we're Sunderland. This is a club who didn't... Be the aggressors. Yeah, who had to like work their way up from very, very low in the football and pyramid mm. quite recently. We need to show these who the big boys are. Like, yeah. hopefully, hopefully, we do just that. Speaking uh, about the the league in in general, are we starting to see 
you know, people, the clubs emerging who we're going to be competing with at the top, do you think? You know, do you think as we set out, you know, we're in the, the I suppose we're in the playoff spaces yeah. now, but do you think that that's six or seven or eight that are around us, do I think they are going to be thereabouts? Any surprises this season? If so you are doing pretty much as we expected, aren't yeah. they? Um, you know, they've got eight points at the minute, which is exactly the same as us. Um, Blackpool, though, quite a bit of a surprise. Simon they're, Grayson. They're my dark horses for yeah. the season, Blackpool. It, Grayson will do a good job at this level. Yeah, and now that they're sorted off the pitch as well. Yeah, and, and they've, they've got some good players. They were decent last season. They were, you know, they had an outside chance of the playoffs and they made it difficult for us in that home game as yeah. well. Um, so, yeah, Blackpool could still be there. Lincoln as well, just carrying on that. Are Lincoln going to do a Luton? They could do. They're carrying on that momentum. They've just made little key additions, haven't they? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a big thing at this. It, it's of all of the football league, isn't it? Like, like you say, with Luton's a really good example. Just keeping momentum going, yeah. keeping that winning but, mentality. But that's good. But this, you know, we, we're, we're three wins on the bounce now. So yeah, yeah. You know, wins breed wins, don't they? Absolutely. So yeah. another win under the belt at the weekend. Another win. Another win. You know, that's when you get the confidence, and then you know you go on stature. You almost you go come out ten. And then you're not taller. thinking like we were after the, the sort of the Oxford game, the yeah. Ipswich game. You're not thinking about oh all this like bad runner form. You're not thinking that like when people were including like last season results and that. You're not thinking of that. Then yeah. you're thinking like we're on a roll now and getting yeah. wins. And if we you know, win it next weekend, we'll get that many points. You know, you're almost preempting the wins exactly. And yeah. you're talking more like we were about like Ozturk and Willis potentially about like having like a centre half partnership now yeah. and how Willis has like came in and made. Like really good addition there, and you know if we keep winning, we're probably going to have the striker situation a bit more settled. It's as a striker. Well. We need we need a striker to start hitting yeah. some form, don't yeah. we? Yeah, that'll really like if if White gets another goal, mm-hmm. or if if Grig gets one. Like <laughs> obviously we don't really care as long as we, we get the win on Saturday. I, I'm I, you know, I, I, very controversial to say so, but I still think Will Grig will once he clicks. He'll once he gets a couple of goals. He'll he's not written off for me. No. no, especially after seeing him on Tuesday as well, yeah. looking confident. I think a goal at home will do him like world good as yeah. well, and they'll just like I say, like relax everyone with him again. McNulty, unfortunate to miss the last couple of games through injury, but he's you know started the season really well. Yeah, hasn't he? really positive again. A player I knew about him like when he was at, at Coventry. Coventry. Yeah. I didn't really know about his spell at Redden, so. Wasn't like the most exciting signing, given that when I started reading about him after, he had a bit of an underwhelming one, but yeah. he's looked really good for us. And like now, you got, like you say, like, that he's injured because um, mm-hmm. he would be probably one of those first names on the team sheet, maybe coming in, as you were saying about Maguire before, maybe being better off the bench, yeah. he'd potentially be taking that place. So sooner we get him back, the better. Yeah. All right, then uh, we're probably about done. No, we don't haven't done that bad, considering it's just the two of us. Exactly. Yeah. No one else. Everyone Who, we don't need anyone else. And actually, we haven't talked about the big breaking news tonight as well. Big breaking news is Glenn Leuvens has uh, left the club. Any any favourite memory of Glenn Leuvens, Frank? Uh, that time we did the Q and A with uh, Jack Ross at the sports bar. Glenn Leuvens, perfect gentleman when he came into the room. Oh, good. Yeah, he does. Always worked the room really well. Yeah. He often found himself at these events because <laughs> he didn't find he himself playing very no. often. No, yeah. So the club. Uh, released a statement uh, just before we came on air, if you like, for this podcast. That he said, it, uh, the statement says he made 13 appearances for the Black Cats. Uh, speaking about his departure, <laughs> <Lucky said>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would like to thank everyone, the players, the staff, and the fans for the support they've shown and help they've given me throughout my time at the club. Sunderland is a special club, and I would like to wish them all the best for the. Uh, the rest of the season and beyond. Uh, the manager also waited in and said he's been an absolute pleasure to work with. Uh, brilliant professional, uh, excellent role model around the club. 
There we go. Can't really say anything more about them. Uh, another uh, player who was released, uh, Lee Catmull's found a club. Yes. A little note on that, Rory. Yeah, great. Well, I think there should be a pilgrimage to go and see him. <laughs> like, why not? When else am I going to have the opportunity to go to, to Ven- Venlo? Yeah. Is it, is it pronounced like that? I don't know if there's any... I mean, no one's going to take on nah. if you say that. But yeah, great. Continental yeah. cat. Like, yeah, I know. What more do you want? Him and Jerome Sinclair linking up. Yeah, absolutely. Well done to him for finding a club, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, that's it for us. We will perhaps have a reaction part. There's a few I wise think, men say heads going out for yeah. uh, some lagers. It's my first home game of the season, so... so there will be lagers. There, there will be getting fully lagered, as Tom Walsh would so, say. Oh, yeah, Tom's up for the weekend, so... I don't know why I'm, like, broadcasting that on here. <laughs> <laughs> other people are going to be like, all oh, right, great. I hope the tax man, he's not wanted by anyone, because he will be in some London area on but, Saturday. There will be a reaction pod. Yeah, that's what I was trying to get at. Uh, and then I imagine Stephen Gareth will be doing the usual Monday night shenanigans uh, after that. Rory, thanks for coming in. Thank you. Been uh, a pleasure. Enjoy the match on Saturday. <laughs> Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.